part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. <laughs> and so, but the the, the issue... This came out a couple of weeks ago in our discussion. The issue with people who uh, who are nice people, who are who are good people, seemingly without God. That's the whole humanist uh, position. You can be good without yes. God. You don't yep. you don't need to believe in God to be a good person. Yeah. And what the what the Scripture teaches uh, in Romans is that that people have a form of uh, they have a form of religion oh, but they know they know God yeah they know God because God has revealed himself to them but they suppress that truth um and they they call themselves atheists and some of them just say well I'm not a spiritual person um and some of them call themselves agnostics but the fact is that they're suppressing what God has made clear to them they know that there is a God now whether they they deny that some of them deny it because they've been their their hearts are darkened they I mean they've they really think that they don't that that they don't know God. But what happens then is the humanists come along and say, "Well, you know what? You don't need to believe in God. We can be good on our own." And that is uh, that is the problem because it says that they, although they knew about God, they did not glorify Him or give thanks to Him. They did not give thanks yep. to Him. Yeah, and yeah. so, so if I'm doing good, if I open a soup kitchen and I feed hundreds of homeless people every single day and then i get the key to the city from the mayor and i am applauded by the uh, by all of the townsfolk and i am lifted up as a as a virtuous uh altruistic great person that glory stops with me i am i am gathering up all of the glory that is supposed to go to god because he is actually the giver of all good things. And yes, I may have my name on the soup kitchen, but there's no bread anywhere. There's nothing to eat on the planet that doesn't come from God. He's the one that provides the seeds. We don't know how to make those. He's the one that provides the water and the sunshine that makes those seeds grow. He's the one that puts whatever the stuff is in the soil that makes the seeds grow. So my soup kitchen is a testimony uh, and, and a monument to the goodness of God. And if I do not make that clear, then uh, I'm doomed. Yeah, I, you make a good point. Because <laughs> that's, a, that's the, the hard part to stomach, I guess, is this really nice person has committed the wretched sin of not recognizing God. <laughs> Right, <laughs> because right. well, because you're doing all these things under His power right. that He's given to you, right? And yet you're denying His existence. Yeah, that's, right. You're taking all the credit. Hard. I mean, it's hard if you want to for a person that like me who's who uh, really sympathizes with people. You're like, oh, that's man, that's just you. You got to You have to submit 
to the truth of God at some point because that's that's it. You just get to the point where you go, man, that that person they're gonna they're gonna be condemned to eternal. Right. Uh, damnation. Well, they're not good people. They're not good people. We think we no. think they're good people. We think they're nice people because we don't know people's hearts. We're we're not God, and we're we're we are quick to say, well, I don't know a person's heart. He might be, God might be working on him, but we never say the other thing. We never say, well, he might not be a good person. He looks like a nice person. He looks like he takes care of his family. He looks like he, like he gives to charity, but he might still be a wretch. We never say that. Right. And and that's, that is what's, that is what's happening. If, if there's a, if there's a person who is claiming to do good or getting credit for doing good, that person didn't wake themselves up. That person does not uh, keep their heart beating. Uh, yeah. That person does not have manifest of strength in their arms and legs. They don't. They don't will themselves and to see and to hear. They don't will their brains to keep track of their memories and reason and rationalize all yeah, of that. Yeah, that's the yeah. God. Were you the one that was asking me? I think we were driving somewhere, and you just go, "Where do thoughts come from?" And I, that made me quiet for like two minutes, going, "Where do thoughts come from?" <laughs> I mean, obviously, <clears throat> obviously, Those are the kind of dumb questions I ask when we're driving. Well, that well, that's the kind of stuff that I really like to get lost in because it, it blows my mind a little bit. But obviously, the the easy answer, and if you're a Christian, you can answer that God is the origin of well everything, life love ideas was that's how we're in his image that's one of the ways that we're in his image is that we're thinking beings but right. to, but Rational. if you're not if that's not that's why it blew me away because if you if you're not because i always put myself i go well, what I, I, okay i know that answer but what if i'm an atheist or if i don't believe in that and you're like it's just chemicals bouncing around if you're a materialist right so yeah, and I that always brings me back to C.S. Lewis because it's he goes well then genocide and feeding the homeless are the same chemicals right bouncing around. There's no difference. That's the same exact thing. It's just you just arbitrarily pick one as being superior to the other, but it's not on materialism. So luckily, I've been able to separate. So like when Kat Von D gets saved, or my mom, I told you this, my mom asked me twice about Rob Schneider. Like, what do you think about this? Is this real? I'm like, I don't know. We're going to have to we'll wait and see what he says. and Let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah and if, if Rob Schneider was in my church and he sat next to me in church and we were talking, then I could invest in that relationship and I could actually see – what's right. happening that's the other right. that's what i'm saying so celebrities i put far away unless i actually because i've met a couple but uh just for you photo met ops. quite a few i think haven't you <laughs> but uh i think yeah didn't you play at the white house or something Nobody crazy we some played point? we were at the prayer breakfast mark's got to shake two president's hands yeah uh, what was funny we did a bush rally and george w bush he's shook everybody else in the in the band he's coming down the line he shakes everybody's hand and then he turns <laughs> off just as he gets to me, so like, hey, oh, well. that's okay. That's that's so, great. That's a much better story was, than if you'd actually shaken his hand. Celebrities. Well, like, yeah. and then uh, one, it's, we went to the American Music Awards, better. and the whole point with that is you get pictures with famous people, <laughs> so that on there's a Getty Images, and so when people are right. searching, somehow they'll go, "Well, who are these guys?" And so you're connected. So uh, Miley Cyrus, Amanda Bynes, uh, 
Weird Al, Flavor Flav. These are people we took pictures with. And, that, right. and you're just like seeing people there. Yeah, sure. They'll take pictures <laughs> with you. Most people be nice about it. But I try to – if it's in Los Angeles and you live in Georgia, that's another – you can't influence those people. So that's, that's over there. Great point. Whisper a prayer for them right. and say, God, protect them and let them grow and be around people that will help them. But when you're in your church, look at the person next to you. That that's when you're when there's a new guy in your in your small group, or if you if you sit next to somebody, and they're like, "Man, I just I, this week I don't know. I'm thinking about this thing, this thing in the Bible," and start talking to them, right? Talk about conversation because now you can you can actually invest in the kingdom. And this is the part too with that fourth seed with the good ground is that it reproduces, right? That fruit that comes out reproduce so like the fruit that you produce reproduces, right? So that's how you well, that's how you're doing that. And so if somebody's such a good point, if, if somebody's a- on stony ground, you can actually help them take root. Now that full credit goes to the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit acting through you and being there as a earthly support, I think you can make a really huge difference. Well, and and the number of people, Carl. I mean, the, the amount of influence that you're going to have on Kat Von D <laughs> and her discipleship journey is going to be zip. It's and not zero, it's, but it's, it's not. It's small. It's <laughs> you zero. Can pray. It's zero. You, I mean, you, well, yeah, you, you can, you can pray for prayer. her. Yeah. But, 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 the, but as far as knowing Your personal, yeah. her personal. and interacting with her and actually being able to, to pass on to disciple her, to, to disciple her. And the same thing is true with uh, Rob Schneider. It's it's true with Kanye West. It's all of these people that you're so excited about to have them as, quote, brothers and sisters. You're so quick to call them a brother and sister. They're not. They're, they're strangers. Yeah. Now, if they make it to eternity, then, yeah, we're going to have all kinds of time to get to know people and uh, and to celebrate. And But, but they're strangers. I mean, just... Just because somebody professes Christ, Chris Pratt professed Christ. Okay, that's that's great. Good for I'm I'm happy about that. Yes, but so I don't great. know him. <laughs> I don't know him, and I'm not going to vouch for him. I'm not going to. I'm not going to stand up and say, "Well, he's one of us now." You know, because I just I don't. You don't know. I don't trust him. Right. I don't. I I don't know him. And well, so, like Bob in your church that you that you talk to, you could vouch for that guy and say. Well, even then, I guess. Oh my gosh, it's so funny that you would say Bob in your church. Oh, you're about that guy. <laughs> we have a guy in our church. Had a guy in our church whose name oh, was Bob, who was a Bible teacher, hardcore uh, Bible guy, years and years. Uh, a few years ago, his granddaughter accuses him of molestation, and he's going to spend the rest of his life in a Florida prison. Um, so that's how well we knew uh, the guy who was literally right next to us in church week after week after week. Yeah, that's why teaching I walked Sunday in school. Back. Yep. Gosh, and but yeah, the what makes it so bad in church is that we're supposed to be different, Not, and and the world right. knows it. That's why people make such a big deal about uh, the Catholic priest situation. <laughs> Yeah. It's like when they say that I can't yeah. I, I can't go, you're a liar. It's just well, yeah. That's evil is every I think it proves our point though. <laughs> evil is everywhere. It lives in every heart. 
and the only cure is Christ. So these right. people were even close to Jesus. They were so right. close. Well, and, and the people who are saying, the people who are posing, the, the people who are, uh, the, the, uh, the Catholic priests, for example, the, the people in the church who are leaders, the, the, the people who are propped up as the leaders, when they fall away and when it proves that they are, they're, they're hypocrites, um, the damage that gets done is to the people on the outside who are going, yeah, I knew that all along. I knew there was nothing to this all along. Yeah. Because that, because they're also wrong. Uh, because the, the point is not, how are Jesus' followers living? That's not, yeah. that's not, that's not how you, that's not how you gauge the value of Jesus himself by looking at his disciples. His disciples have always been a wreck. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't until after, it wasn't until the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit came down and inhabited a few of them that they finally got squared away enough to where they could start to have an impact on the culture. Right. But, but we have these people who now look at Kanye. I mean, who knows how much damage Kanye has done to, um, you know, to, to the, to the body. Yeah. Um, and, and people who thought that they were believers rather, rather than seeking out actual, uh, discipleship, rather than actually connecting with somebody who does know some theology and who can help them uh, in their walk. Yeah, but that trouble. person is not famous. That person is probably some some wizened old guy who doesn't Should talk be. very loud and and smells <laughs> funny and uh, and just doesn't have a whole lot of charisma. Has but zero dance moves. That's the guy that can help you with your theology. But instead of going to him. Because he's icky, um, you're excited about the celebrity that's now a believer. And it's like, well, let's hear what they have to say. And it's just, that's what people who have not been discipled do. They will, right. They'll go to a celebrity because they haven't been discipled. Yeah. And so they and the celebrity are, are on the same, we, we, we catapult baby Christians to the front of the yeah. stage and, um, if they're talented, you know, if they're That's, talented yeah. and if they're winsome and if they're, if they're charismatic people, then by golly, we want them up front. Why? Well, because they're going to attract people. And it, it's all, it, Jesus says they're, the, the seed is not going to grow. Um, it's not necessarily, you don't know. You don't know who has the good, who's the good soil and who's, and who's not the good soil. And that's why. It's wise to wait and see what happens rather than celebrating, you know, the salvation of a new Christian. Let's wait. Let's well, wait and see what happens. Yeah. You're you're making a distinction though between celebrating and platforming. I think right. like we go, yay, you that's true. If they say I say accept Christ, you would be like, Yes, let's get baptized, let's clap for you. You're now let's now let's teach you, not teach right. us. Let's teach you. Right. And, Let's not make you the grounded. senior minister. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> Let's not make you the worship leader either. That's the other right. thing. That, that's the, to me, the quickest, the quickest uh, path to platforming is worship minister. Cause uh, you, if you're good at guitar and you could sing, you will be given a mic and you will right. every Sunday, you will be up there possibly more than the senior pastor. And the things yes. that you say 
or so that's we can talk about that on another podcast if you want, but we're just talking about <laughs> the fast track to platforming is right. you, you get a voice really quick and a guy right. can be saved on Wednesday and be leading a congregation and worship on Sunday. That's oh. how quick it could be. Go- it could be on there. Cause like this, Oh, yeah. Bobby just, yeah. Billy just learned how to play. Well, he didn't learn how to play. He got saved Wednesday and he's been playing at bars. But he's really good at guitar. Let's get him up here. Right. Let's he's get him up, up there. there. Yeah, and he he'll and he'll be really passionate, <clears throat> and he'll be uh, and he'll be all for Jesus, but how long until he says something <laughs> that's not right. not real good? But we'll be like, well, he's he's young, but then we're not looking at who he's who else is like you said, who else is there just to feed off of what he's saying because he's really right. good, right? So the catch with like celebrities young Christian celebrities are like, they spent their whole career getting attention. Mm-hmm. So when they get saved, they get a lot of attention mm-hmm. and a lot of pat probably, I don't know. See the, uh, the pastor friend of yours that said that Cavani was getting a lot of criticism. I wonder how many calls she got from pastors to go, can you be in my church Sunday? Right. Uh, probably not from the South, but like, right. uh, they're, I guarantee you she got a ton of invitations to come well, and talk. It's so messed up too. That, that, I mean, how many invitations is she going to get to speak so that people can prove how open-minded and welcoming they are? Oh, you know, let's find the, let's find the freaky Gosh. new Christian girl with all of the tats so we can prove to the world. Look how, look how everybody is welcome here. <laughs> I mean, that's how, that's Paul how transgender people get to be preachers. Oh yeah. That's true. Yeah, we're we're so loving that mm-hmm. well anybody can come in here. Yeah. Right. That's another thing I was thinking is we've not made a distinction between coming into my church and being the church. <laughs> uh it's a, I guess that's part of cuz yes, anybody right. can come into my church. I don't care right. what they're dealing with. Everybody's welcome. Anybody can come and sit in my church. You're right. not going to be in my in my church because we're not going to be in the church because uh, there's there's things that have to happen first. So there's that's the thing I, I feel like nobody's talking about the dichotomy is the word I was using looking for earlier. I was like shuffling all the papers in my brain, going, "What's the one about two things at the same time?" But yeah, it's not like you to not know a word. It's you weird. usually usually yeah. have the words pretty well. It's late, man. It's so late. No, I, uh, but yeah, that's the dichotomy we don't talk about because, because it, it, like early on in the internet days, I was really sucked into that. Let's have a discussion. Let's have a, let's have a dialogue. Right. I'm like, that's not, people don't really want that because if that were so, there'd be a lot of distinction in the language. We wouldn't say just love and hate. We would say, I love you, but I can't, I can't, that's the reason I can't leave you like that. Jesus loves you and he will accept you, but he's not going to leave you like that because you're not, uh, here's another CSO's quote and the problem of pain. He's like, if you take in a stray dog, uh, you take it in because you love that dog. You have an affection for that dog, but you know, when it pees on the floor and it chews up your couch and uh, you can't leave him like that yet. You, you, you right. teach him how to become lovable. That's the other thing. 
is uh, Christ loves us first, but then he brings us in and we become lovable because of his presence in our lives, because he takes up residence in us. So that's that's the thing. Where was I getting to? Well, (laughs) you you were making a distinction between being in the in the church and being part of the church. Yeah. So when we have our quote unquote dialogue, we we nobody distinguishes the word church. Yeah, you can come into my church. I don't, and that, that's the thing is, uh, people paint Christians as uh, un, just hateful because right. we're like, no, that's not acceptable, and they're like, well, everybody's welcome in our church, and like, well, no, they're yeah, not. Everybody's, yeah, right, exactly. It was like, yes, everybody's welcome in in our church, but not everybody's welcome in the church. There's a di- there's like a difference, and people don't do that because. They don't really want a dialogue. They want to. Right. They, they want to separate themselves from you because you represent something they don't like, and, and they just want to be away from that. So they paint right. you unfairly, and they well, they say that about us. Yeah, but Christians don't think about it deeply. We we had a guy give yeah. a sermon a few years ago, and he he said basically that with people, everybody's welcome. You know, and we need to have a welcoming attitude in this church. We need to make sure that everybody is, uh, you know, is welcome and feels like they belong. And I, I went in and talked to him afterwards. I, I scheduled a meeting to have a conversation. And I said, look, that's not what you mean. Right. When, you, when, you, when you say everybody is welcome, that is not what you mean. Because there are people who are child molesters. On, they're on the sex offender list. If that person walks in, do you honestly think that the, that everybody here, knowing I, that he's on the predator list, are just going to? Oh, you know what? You know what, brother? You know, come and sit, come and work in the nursery. Nursery, yeah. <laughs> I said it's just it's just not it's not wise to tell a bunch of people in the church who are not who are not spiritually minded people. They're not thinkers themselves. Many of them are still children themselves. To tell them, you need to welcome everybody. You need to have a welcoming attitude because it's just not true. Not well, everybody some people will go that far. Welcome. They will. They will take it all the way because they're not. They're not thinking about it. They're putting, they, a, they're putting a pencil and a and a Play-Doh rocket ship. Right. How about that full circle? There you go. There, now, <laughs> now we're back where we started. <laughs> Just <laughs> but you've got people who you've got people who will who don't understand what love is. Um, that was your point that you made earlier. That there is a. I had this conversation with my own son just this morning um, because he's working on family uh, a family mission statement, which I applaud him huh. for. I think that's yeah. a great idea. And uh, but he we were talking about some of the definitions of terms that he's going to have to get down as he and his wife are working on this. I said, you're going to have to be, you got to make sure that you understand what each of these terms means and how it is interpreted because he had the word support in there. You know, we're going to support each other. And I said, support is a word you have to be very careful of um, because people that you love, you will occasionally not be able to support because they will have a bad idea. Um, they will be doing a thing that is bad or dumb. And you can't support people if they decide, for example, that they want to get drunk every single night. You can't support them 
um, in their endeavor to become alcoholics. And so, so yeah, we were, we, the, the church needs to think about the difference between love and support and acceptance and welcoming and belonging um, because all of those things have meanings, but, but we are careless in our use of those words. Yeah. I, I always, this is a, a part where I end up a lot too, is I go as a teacher, I'm like, if I say these things to people, some people don't, they're not academic, but that's just a, that's just the differences in our personality. But mm-hmm. I keep coming, like every time I come to that, well, maybe some people you just need to teach them and you have to walk them along. And I, I'll come up on a verse that says, no, we got to, you have to study. You got to, you have to know God as far as you can know him. That's why he's, that's why you have the Holy Spirit. When you trust in God, he literally lives inside you so that you right. may, Jesus says, no one knows the man except the spirit of the man. So you have a knowledge of God that other people don't possess. Right. People without the Holy Spirit don't possess. And you have a responsibility now to learn as much as as you possibly can fit in your head. That doesn't always mean that you gotta learn you don't have to learn Hebrew and Greek and but the in the way that God has made you forge ahead, do the work. And uh so I I was talking there's a and I'll share this article with you later because I can't remember it off the oh, you know what? I can't pull it up. It's a uh it was it's called somebody shared it. Gosh, where did I find it? It was on Facebook, but somebody posted it as a response to a post. Soil for the rootless. Yeah, as a uh, Brian. Is, Matt- is that Brian? Brian Matson. I read you know that this article. Guy? Oh. I subscribed to his newsletter. So great. And then I, I say, I have a, I call it. We call it the philosopher's corner. I got a, a pastor friend of mine that his degree is in philosophy. So he has, has a minor in philosophy, and I thought. Wow, that for a pastor that's very useful because he can he can like show people how to rightly divide the word of truth. I was like, I wonder why every every seminary student isn't taking philosophy at some point. Yeah, Madison's uh, one of my favorites. I mean, he's he's super. I I, I learn stuff from him every every time I read his. But that's what he addressed, and that reminded me of what uh, Amanda was talking about, is if you give people advice, then they'll just go, okay, and they run off with it. And they don't Mm -hmm. try to they don't try to work it or retrofit it like when you try to give people family advice. But well with my kid, I did this, and they'll go, okay, and they try the exact same thing with their completely different kid, and they go, Well, that wouldn't work. And I'm like, Well, yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) First thing I need to do is change my kid's name. Right. Okay. So it's your (laughs) what are your kids' names again? (laughs) So his his complaint was about young men who who only I said subsist. I don't know if that's a good word, but they subsist off of bite-sized YouTube videos and ideas and just little chunks that they're right. knocking off the internet and they make a, a life philosophy out of that. Right. And it gets, well, like you said, that's, uh, to me, I think that's thorny ground because once that gets challenged, no, that's, that would be rocky ground. The immediate, when those ideas get challenged, you go, I, well, it wasn't really based on anything. So I guess that's, that's nothing. Yeah. Cause I've heard a couple of apostates testify that they went and read a book and it de- demolished their Christian ideas. So they right. decided to abandon that. So I, I read a, one of the apostates, I can't remember which one, made the comment 
what is up with Jesus having to die on the cross for people's <laughs> sins? I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. But see, these are people who were singing about Jesus for decades going, yeah. what's he got to die? Why does God what's have to that? kill his son on the cross? <laughs> but see, doesn't that make you wonder? You're like, what were you taught in Sunday school? What did youth group teach you? What did your pastor say? From right. the, you went all those years and you can't answer that. There's one guy who's a pastor of a who's the son of a pastor, and he's just like, I just couldn't reconcile pain in the world. And I'm like, Are you right. serious? <laughs> it wasn't just that you you didn't just start a youth group. You grew up with a pastor right. in your home. Right. Like some people, <laughs> some people call their pastor. You just could you could just turn around and go, Dad, what's right. what's the deal with pain? And then that, I was like, are you telling me that never got it? So at that point, to me, like you said, that's willful ignorance. You're like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say this is a problem, and that whatever you answered isn't good enough for me. We've so. had, we've had uh, conversations. My son and I, Timothy and I, when he came back from the military, uh, he was he went through a phase where he was. Um, where he was an atheist ah. and uh, he dabbled in atheism. Uh, he was kind of angry for a while. And his thing was, well, how, how, I don't believe in some invisible God, you know, who would, who would allow, you know, an Island full of people. There was some, some tsunami out in the Pacific somewhere. Yeah. And Tim oh, was yeah. outraged that a village would get washed away by a wave. You know, and God would allow a thing like that to happen. So the problem of pain. And uh, and I remember he said, he said, I don't believe, you know, what, what kind of God would allow that to happen? And I said, all right, so there is no God. All right, let's just take that position that there there can't possibly be a God if, <laughs> yeah, this, if this happened. All right, so now what do we do? Now what do you do? Do you, do you feel any different? Do you feel any different about? Uh, is it any less tragic? Is right. it some? Does it somehow make sense now that uh, that this <laughs> that village got wiped out? Yeah, or is it? Every, is everything squared away now that there's no God in the universe? Um, and he wasn't really ready to process at that level. But <laughs> but that's the that's the tack that I've taken a number of times with these apostates. You know, when they when they come out, these these Christian artists that come out and they're like. Ooh, what is it with God and, and people being killed? And it's like nobody sat you down when you were younger and said, all right, champ, let's throw God out of the picture and see where that takes us. Because that's yeah. all it was. That's that's really all it was for me. You know, all right, let's just remove God. That's good. Is, it, is everything better now? That's it. That's a quick way because some people are like, well, look for the helpers. And because, because that is another, it's just one of the millions of layers. Because people try to say, well, why did, why did God do this? And like, you want one answer? Well, this is a million different answers. And one thing, why do you make a sandwich? You got like three different reasons for that. Right. <laughs> I'm hungry. I wanted a sandwich. I like mayonnaise. We've got leftover turkey. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. We had, uh, I have, I have over the years had some success. I don't think I've converted anybody. Maybe I have, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, but just leaning into whatever their complaint is and doubling yeah. down on it. Like the, you know, God, 
God killed these innocent kids. God gives children cancer. Innocent babies die of cancer. And a few years ago, I said, hey, I'll go better than that. Um, everybody oh, yeah. that has ever died has died because God killed them. God has killed every single living <laughs> ever, organism ever, yeah. that has ever died. Um, so what do you think of that? Um, and if they, most of the time they don't know how to respond because they're not used to a Christian person. <laughs> used to a Christian what? person saying, I'll tell you what, it's God not just, all death. not just children. It's <laughs> everything. He's killed everything. Uh, yeah. Well, that, gosh, it, that's the thing is, I don't, when I started thinking about this is where does the blame lie then? Is, is it the pastor's? Is it the Sunday school teachers that have these? That's the thing is, see, I get tons of layers. Because one thing is, we'll let anybody teach the kids. Because no one will teach the kids. If anybody speaks up, we're like, you got it. And it's like, do they they know anything about the Bible? Do they know anything about teaching kids? Could they even like kids? Right. Well, the reason we'll let anybody teach is because we're basically lazy. We don't want to teach the kids ourselves. We don't want to spend an hour in there with those noisy hellions. And so, and we don't really think that, that theology is important. We don't really think it's important for, for anybody to know theology, let alone children. How? Children okay. are just supposed to be kids. They're not supposed to have to, to have to think about heavy stuff. And we're afraid. It's when children start to ask theological questions, it's like when they al- ask calculus questions. We just don't <laughs> feel like we can well, tackle yeah. it. The, well, one thing is, obviously, you can say, I don't know. But at a certain point, uh, you're going to have to answer that question. You're going to not always should. Well, no, you can say I don't know, but that that doesn't that won't work for every question. I guess I'm trying to say most of the time. Most of the time, my theology talks with my kids was me just turning their question right back to them. I've done that before. It's you know. Well, what do you think? Well, what do you you know? What makes sense to you? And then they, and that's how they learn to process it. You ask yourself questions and then you try to answer those questions. See, but, but the idea that Christians have to spoon feed theology to, to each other or to young Christians, it's just not true. You just, you just have to learn how to help people think about stuff, help people, help people inquire, help people learn how to ask God and then listen for the answers and, do you do you think it has to do – is there like a shortage of curiosity? Is that the thing? People don't – they're not curious? Yeah. Well, nobody wants to – nobody wants to be uncertain. We In in theology, we want to put a dot – this is the reason that I – this is the reason I get so mad at Ken Ham. <laughs> because you've got, the, you've got the creation of the universe, and he's like, six days, 26, 24-hour period of time. Boom. Next thing. Move on. And it's like you don't think that there's a possibility that there's a whole lot of – stuff going on here i mean it's it's all reality but but christians want to have a they want to have an answer chapter verse boom next question you know chapter verse boom next question and if we don't feel like we know chapter verse now we're now we're afraid somebody's going to ask us a question that we don't have chapter and verse it could all be wrong kind of thing like it could all fall apart at any minute well that's what he that's what he accuses that's what the the young Earth people would accuse us of. They're like, "You're just afraid. I don't accuse you You're of that. afraid that everything is going to fall apart." I actually lean young Earth, but I still get 
ticked <laughs> off at Ken. Get mad. Yeah, because <laughs> because it, because in their thinking, you know, we've compromised our faith because we because we're just trying to kowtow to the to the evolutionists, right? Um, and it's it's I think the universe and I think God's creation of the universe is is a vastly mysterious thing and i don't think yeah. it's i don't think it's any more uh pious to say well god said he did it in six literal days so therefore that's what i believe because there's a lot of stuff that it, that the bible says that is true but it's also uh it's it, it's also metaphysical it's also yeah, it's yeah. also mythical and, and c.s lewis talks about this he talks about myths that are true and the first time i read it it was like what is he talking about oh, well now i get what he's talking about he's that's he's from talking. tolkien though tolkien gave was him it? that yeah tolkien yeah. told him said he said jesus is the true myth and it's kind of like see now you're now you've struck onto my this is where my my veins are because uh it's just we think of like when we think of Zeus and all those are like those are fairy tales or like they're but God's trying to tell that story to us to tell us a story through us with history. It's like when we say one day Zeus walks down and throws a thunderbolt. Well, God's doing that with literal history. That's that's the, what he was saying is Jesus and and that the thing is Jesus's story is every good story you've ever heard. It's like that's the the hero's journey that people talk about. It's mm-hmm. every Jesus went on a quest, quote unquote. And but it, I could make pro- probably, yeah, I I could probably make some enemies if I start talking about this because I can I can talk about it in a way that's uh, disassociative, I guess, and people because when you when right. you start if you make light of Christ in any way, some people will get mad. But I'm not trying to make light of them. They're saying that story of Christ echoes both both ways in eternity it goes into the past and in the future so there's pe- there's there's literal mythological beings and uh stories that were told of self-sacrifice and death and resurrection and that was a theme because they didn't know yet what was coming because that paganism that those uh those truths of self-sacrifice and honor and, and giving yourself up for somebody else and and resurrection and redemption are all there so that when Paul walks into Rome or Peter was there or some of the missionaries came and told, talked to the pagan, uh, some of the early church fathers said they stopped worshiping idols and worship the true God because they, right. they said, okay, this is, this is the real thing. Right. So that's, I really, right. I love that kind of stuff because it's like you see God's omniscience and, and uh, sovereignty over all of eternity. He wasn't just going, Oh no, the worshiping pagan gods. He's like, I'm going to use this. Right. You're going to, you're going to see later that when Christ, when Jesus comes, all this will be wiped away. It's, it's cool because it's like, it, uh, who said that Athanasius, he's like three hundreds, but he was like everywhere. Christ was preached. They stopped worshiping idols. They stopped right. worshiping those gods. We're talking about all the way up into Britain and, and the Celtic lands too. Think about all of Christendom. They were all worshiping nature, and then the minute Jesus comes into it, who's worshiping 
uh, Thor. You got any of Thor worshippers? Now, you may have like new neo pagans doing that now, but and at the time, nobody was left over. It was it was right. Well, humanism is is worship of worship yes. of self. But, <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, we got, no, that's we're the gods. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we're good. We can be good without God. We've we have it in us to be good. And you just ask them, well, what do you mean by good? What standard are you using to determine yeah. what's good? And just that quite it's it's over right there. If you if any I think we've talked about this before on the in another podcast, but if you're afraid to to talk to people who identify as atheists or humanists or whatever, there there is literally nothing to fear. They are the dumbest people on the face of the planet. And it what? just takes a single question and they're undone. They they do not know how to answer any questions. <laughs> well, they can they can uh make a straw man out of Christianity. That's pretty good. But right, uh, but that's not answering a question. No. And, and 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 they they will immediately ask you a question. It's it's I sound like a prophet when I say this, but try it. Ask them a question. Ask them to explain their standard of goodness. What is good? And and what will happen? Yeah, what is good? Well, how do you how do you know when something is good? Just ask them a question like that, and they will come back with. They'll either mock you for for you don't say, know what good is, <laughs> right? They'll mock you and say well, something like, "I love it. You're supposed to be a Christian. If I have to explain to you, a grown adult, what good is, then you're worse off than I thought." They'll say that, or they'll ask you. A, a version of that question. Well, what do you think is it? Or what do you think good is? And, and it's like, yeah, you, you're empty. You're an empty vessel. <laughs> I just, that's my favorite position is kind of childlike curiosity. I just want to know. I just want to know what you're, one guy got to the point I was talking to. He, he got to the point where he said, God divided him. We're all like little pieces of God. He's, he's split himself up into, and I was like, if God's infinite, how do you how do you split infinity? <laughs> how do well, you, that's like dividing by zero, right? That's like there is a uh, there is a something to that um, that is unponderable. But in order for me to have consciousness in order for me to be self-aware that to to be aware that i exist um that comes from god it had to i mean it's not manifest through some yeah in, in materialism there's not there aren't self-awareness atoms um there's <laughs> it's it's something else which means which means that my consciousness in order for me to be aware of myself as being separate from god i know i'm not god I know that God exists and he is other, other than me. Yeah. Then God had to disassociate some tiny aspect of himself at some point. He had to he had to take a little bit of his consciousness and and give it to me. And so now it it belongs to me and not to him anymore. And that is a mind-blowing thing yeah. for me to to <laughs> contemplate. Uh, I, yeah. So I had a, I had a guy show up on my blog, which rarely happens. Hardly anybody talks on my blog anymore. Um, 
They just read it and nobody comments. But this guy was, uh, I, I wrote about, um, I don't remember what the subject was, but he, he, he jumps in and makes a comment about, I'm going to try to pull it up here and I'll read it. I'm not going to read you all of the comments because in your defense, everybody comments on Facebook because you'll you'll post a link on Facebook, and so everybody do the comments there. So don't worry about the blog. I um, think anybody knows about blogs either. I, I wrote about being bullied into submission. I wrote about how how Christian bullying is uh, is it's basically how we get people. It's how, it's how Jesus um, got people to stop sinning. Was he he <laughs> I. I took over the word bully and said he bullied people into their, into righteousness. Uh, and this guy says, you forgot about the third group. Sometimes quoting scripture successfully bullies vulnerable undesirables into committing suicide because of the truth, specifically the truth about how much God hates them for things central to their being, which they cannot control and which God will not help them control such as aberrant, aberrant uh, sexual inclinations. I think he might have been abhorrent. Anyway, uh, scripture also teaches us to bully them by depriving them of brotherhood and fellowship um, if they are unable to overcome this particular strain of flesh, making the bullying by biblical quotation all the sharper to cleave their bodies from their souls. What was his end? Uh, Do you think it's sarcasm or... I'm not sure, but I said uh, you forgot. A, I said you forgot the fourth group. Fourth group are adults who teach children that sexuality is central to their being, and they have no control over yeah. those inclinations. Instead, the kids are told that apparent sexual behavior has no consequence, and by the time experience teaches them the truth, they don't believe the scripture that says redemption is possible. In despair, they take their own lives, and anonymous posters spew lies into the internet that they killed themselves because some Christian quoted the Bible. Um, and That's then he the went on from there, and each response got longer and longer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How goes, do you have the energy for this? That's what I'm. Well, he said, "I mine weren't longer." I said, "Christianity teaches that." He was asking about uh, most of them weren't told that it's part of what they are, and they don't need to be taught so that so by seculars. Christianity already teaches that sinful inclinations already are a natural part of what we all are, and redemption does not destroy the sinful flesh because we're created sinners in the sinful flesh, and the law inflames its desires, blah, blah, blah. I said Christianity teaches that we're no longer slaves to our sinful inclinations. That is the redemption. Gluttony, your term. Um, actually, I said gluttony and faggotry. Faggotry was his term. Was his term. Gluttony and faggotry are not central to our being. Anyone who says that there is no way an old creature can be made new is a liar. Um, and then so and he goes on. Just because you're not a slave doesn't mean that you're no longer a serf or no longer living paycheck to paycheck. Uh you will never be fully free so long as we are still embodied by weak, moral, uh, mortal, sinful flesh. And then I said, is this the hope-filled message that you proclaim to keep people from committing suicide? That's what, that's what I'm saying. He has to turn a corner at some point. If he, if he really does – I don't know if he's speaking from 
You know what I'm saying? Like a uh, sarcastic, like if this, this is what you're saying, we're yeah. covering. So there's no hope. So he, at some point he would have to say, there's no real such thing as sin. And this person is, is okay. And you're telling him he's yeah, not, but know. he never does that. You know, yeah. he turns that corner. That's weird though. But yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> for visiting the comedian's house if you want to spend more time with our family you can follow john branion on youtube and facebook also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions we'll see you next time 